Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. Satnam. Quantum science understands that time is space in motion being viewed from a single location of perception. So if this were to be space, as it's in motion, this is the point of perception. You are a point of perception. So as space moves through your point of perception, that which has already passed through your point of perception is called the past. That which is yet to move through your point of perception is called the future. But if you look at it from a quantum, a fifth dimensional perspective, it all exists at the same time, doesn't it? Intuition is understanding the topography of space. Intuition is understanding the topography of space. My son and I, years ago, when he was graduating from archaeology in college, his assignment was to go into the Tehachapi Mountains, which are out in Kern County. These are very new mountains, so they're very rugged and very steep. And what he had with him was a topo topographical map which on a topographical map you see these concentric lines and each one of these concentric lines has a, an elevation so you can tell how fast the elevation is climbing or declining. And on a topical, topographical map you can see where there are valleys and where there are peaks because it gives you a two-dimensional view of three dimensions. <coughs> symbolically speaking. So we made our way up to some crests, some peaks, and we couldn't see a thing beyond, you know, a few miles ahead of us. We were, we were deep in the mountains. 
And he was following the topographical map, and this was steep country. You couldn't walk. You had to run across these particular areas so that you didn't slide and fall down hundreds of feet because you would have just been sliding on pine needles. And so we were pretty tired and we got to the top and we got to the top of this one crest and we looked out over the view that we could see from the one crest And it told me what we had in front of us when he declared, oh, shit. Because what we were looking at was a wind farm. And the wind farm was nowhere near where we wanted to be. So we used the inclination of a mountain valley that we could see there was no mountains beyond it to make our way to the bottom of the Tehachapi Mountains. And we could see that at the bottom of this valley, there was a very undeveloped dirt road. We figured, well, you know, we get to the bottom of the valley, we get to the dirt, we get to the bottom of the valley, we get to the dirt road, we follow the dirt road, we'll get to a gravel road, we follow the gravel road, we'll get to a paved road, and then we'll figure it out from there. So we got to the bottom of this valley and started walking down the dirt road. And we noticed a long way ahead of us, a couple of miles down the road, that there was a, like a Jeep kind of car with a man dealing with two dogs. His dogs are jumping and running and everything. And we start doing this and calling out and doing this and calling out. And pretty soon he sees us way up the road. We're little tiny people like this, you know. And he waves back and then we see he puts his dogs in the back of the Jeep and he drives up the dirt road. Takes him a little while to get to us. And we notice on the side of his Jeep it says Mountain Rescue. We thought, there is a God. (laughs) And so we told him the campground at the bottom of the mountain that we had climbed up from, and he said, wow, that's 25 miles away. But I'll take you there. Now, point of the story Intuition is a topical, topographical map of space. Usually when you look out at space, you look out at space, you don't see inclinations, you just see a regular map, like a road map. A road map doesn't show you any inclinations. A road map just shows you roads and names of things, and if there's a mountain range, It may be a different color, but you can't really tell any of the detail about the mountain range. But if you have a topographical map, and there's a mountain range on that topographical map, 
The most important thing that you can see about that mountain range are the inclinations and how steep they are, which direction they incline towards. So if you have the capacity to see with a topographical map the space that's in front of you, you can see the inclinations of the space. You can see the inclinations of a person. You can hear the inclinations in the tone of their voice. You can feel the inclinations in your gut. Just like you can feel the inclinations when you're standing on the side of a mountain. You can feel them in your gut. You can see them with your eyes. This is your capacity, but it is beyond your five senses. And we went through that exercise yesterday of seeing how the information comes down from And that's a really silly thing to say at my age and at my level of understanding, to come down. Because there is no such thing as direction within infinite nature. To come from, let's just put it that way. So, the information that you are has come from previous information. But just as we showed with this demonstration, with the chord, my guitar chord, the previous information still exists, doesn't it? Your childhood still exists. Your older age already exists. Hummy hum brum hum, what is to be already is. Now, if you have a topographical, topographical map of this, you're no longer looking at this segment of time. You're looking at time. And when you're looking at time, you can see how time is inclined within space. When you can see how time is inclined within space, you know from that inclination whether or not it's going to be an uphill struggle or a downhill glide. And you can design your life to be more utilized by gravity, or if you don't see the possibilities of any thing other than gravity, uh, you can design your life to produce levity. What is one of the greatest ways to produce levity? One of the greatest ways to produce levity, if you're so inclined, is to turn on some good music and dance. (laughs) And sing. Yes? and make a complete ass out of yourself in terms of logic. Right? Can you imagine going into the IBM board meeting 
and it's getting really serious and you say to the other board members, you know what? We need a dance break. Yeah. Now, of course, let's just think in an ideal world. They all go, you're absolutely correct. And they got moves. We're talking an ideal world, right? And they've got moves and they jump up. And of course, there's an iPod and big speakers in there because this is not unusual. Yeah? And everybody gets up and they boogie. And after they've done that for a while, they feel like we felt yesterday after Adarsh had taught us Bhangra, which, by the way, is just divine, isn't it? I mean, come on, man. The moves, right? Yeah. Those farmers knew what they were doing. Because it's all, it's all farm language. You know that thing that I said is picking mangoes? Well, that's picking mangoes or bananas, that move, right? That. And they're all energetic moves. Because when you pick a mango and draw it towards you, pick a banana and draw it towards you, you're bringing life force toward you. Both in the item that you're holding and also just in the motion that you're making. So what we have here is we have an opportunity moving forward to entrain humanity because humanity is not going to find solutions talking. And we're definitely not going to bomb ourselves to peace. It isn't possible. So what, and talking is only, talking is working from memory. So talking is, time's moving the other direction. So talking is taking what you've learned from the past and trying to use it for what's coming in the future. But if you look at this, which is kind of obvious, the past doesn't look like the future, does it? So you can't just assume, well, you know, I've been on mountains before. We tried that one out. We even had topographical maps and we got lost. But the idea that you are talking and you've studied real hard, you've got your executive MBA, and you're really smart, and you're an expert in your field, and you have got so much experience, but you don't know what's coming. And it has never been more true than it is right now. Because we have not had this many people on this small a stone in space ever before. And so consequently, everything, because we're all connected, everything that happens, happens to seven plus billion people. Plus the insects and the animals and the birds and the fish and the plants and the stones. Everything is alive. So what you're going through in your microscopic little ideas of what life should be, I've really got a big problem here. If you, if you can consider that, 
if you can consider that in terms of the vastness of this place, right? We've said that this megaverse, which holds our little tiny pocket known as our universe, and we're still flat earthers because we think our universe is all there is, just like we thought, you know, that little disk that we could see 26 miles out into the ocean was as far as it goes. And then after that, that water just falls off the edge and there's a big turtle underneath, right? You've seen some of those pictures, those diagrams of the flat earth, you know. Everybody was arguing over, is it a turtle or a dragon? Well, was that an interesting argument? Because it wasn't either, right? And what they didn't understand, what they didn't understand was a force. What was the force that they didn't understand? Gravity. Because if you don't know there's such a thing as gravity, I mean, obviously you jump and you don't sail, but you don't really realize what it is. How could there be a ball that stuff doesn't fall off the bottom of it? That's ridiculous. Don't be stupid. And so they'll tell you, you're going for a topical, topographical map of, of, of space and you will see the, the introduction of time? Don't be stupid. If you go out there, there's a big turtle. That's real. And that's where we're at right now. We think that this little pocket in the megaverse, this little pocket, which is all we can see because we can't see in because it isn't, it isn't um, manifest and we can't see out because it's nothing. So all we can see is the fabric of space-time. But this megaverse is magnificent and magnanimous, it is four quadrillion, two quadrillion, eight hundred and forty-three trillion, six hundred and forty billion, three hundred and sixteen million years old, give or take a day or two. <laughs> and this is a baby, because there's megaverses throughout the multiverse. And every megaverse has a tremendous number of universes. Now, your little teeny big problem doesn't mean a thing. And if in the decision-making of your little teeny big problem, you feel victimized by God and the universe and everybody around you because it's not going, get a topographical map and learn how to use it. Because that's your intuition. Go beyond the flat earth. Go beyond the flatness of time. Go beyond your five senses and begin to comprehend this is the only thing that will save life. Because if we still try to divide up the territory and the resources as we grow in numbers, and what's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine, if I can get it from you, is going to be nothing but a big old mosh pit in which everybody just rots. There were crew members on that really jerk Columbus's boat Right? 
Don't make him a hero. But there were crew members on his boat that didn't get his passion for his knowing that the earth was round. And they were scared. They were sure that when they woke up in the morning that they wouldn't be waking up. They were sure that they were going to fall off the edge of the world. And so, yes, there will be numerous, numerous people on the ship of earth believing that time isn't capable of being foretold. But if you can foretell time, if you have that intuitive power, you will do what needs to be done with that topographical map to choose the avenue through which your life is going to go in order to achieve and receive that which you desire. That is the magical life of higher consciousness. That is the magical life of intuition. That is the magic that is available in the brain-mind connection if you learn how to use the tool. How many people have ever seen a computer? Raise your hand. How many people have ever known that that computer comes with several programs? Raise your hand. How many people have used every single one of the programs that that silly computer comes with? Raise your hand. There is not one hand going up. I tell you, the one thing I have never used is solitaire. Because <laughs> I've seen people play this, and don't take offense, but offense is intended. I've seen people play that, and I wonder, why? Yeah, why? But the fact is, is that we have this computer, and there are programs in this computer that we haven't even, as a human race, that we haven't even begun to get to yet. And the programmer is that infinity, that, that incredible intelligence. Call that whatever you want. And as we saw in the chart yesterday in the teacher training manual, it is not a father, correct? God is not a father. God is neither. But if God was one or the other, it would definitely be a mom because men don't give birth to anything. Right? Bottom line. So, but the masculine and feminine are equal. <laughs> the flat earth got that one wrong, yeah? And the only reason why men dominate is because throughout history, before the advent of advantages like leverage and, you know, cars and things that give you advantage, everything was determined by brute strength. And men have more brute strength than women. But men have a much lower threshold of pain. Men have a much cloudier topographical map 
And that's why in, that means much less intuition. And that is why in teacher training we say, I'm not a man, I'm not a woman, I'm not, you're, I'm not myself, I'm a teacher, right? Because the teacher is the 13th sign of, of the zodiac. Not the kundalini teacher, the, mas- the, the, the teaching master. The, the teaching master of higher consciousness. Not just kundalini, but the teaching master of higher consciousness is the 13th sign of the zodiac. And it's not, it's not gender. And that's why when you have this thing where you've got you know, all of these yoga classes and there's men and women and this and that, you have to be gender blind when you're teaching. You cannot, you cannot be teaching because if you're teaching to a gender, you're not teaching to the person's higher consciousness, you're teaching to their physical body. And majority of the conscious mind, conscious brain-mind connection, and the emotions are attached to the physical body. And so when you're giving any kind of advice that would be asked for, as we said yesterday, Tommy Rosen said yesterday afternoon, you have to give it gender-free. Because that, in that way you're speaking to the higher consciousness which has no gender. It is so phenomenal, it not only has no gender, it has no species. It has no phylum. It has no kingdom. How many people have ever had a dog or a cat? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. If you have never spoken language to your dog or cat or horse or whatever, put your hand down. If you've never spoken in a language, when you are, now all the hands are up. When you're speaking, you're transcending because you know they understand. They don't understand in your language. They understand in their language what you mean. So, the insect, the plant, read about Findhorn in Scotland. The stone. How many of you have ever been walking along a stony beach and picked up a stone and put it in your pocket? How many have ever picked up a stone and gotten scolded by the stone? It's like, hey! This is my family here. We've been together for centuries. And the flat earthers say, oh, that's, that's woo-woo, Guru Singh. That's just flat-out ridiculous. Uh-huh. And they're the same ones that try to bomb themselves to peace and talk their way to solution. Right? So, today's class is all about expanding by putting your body into certain forms that you can expand the inclinations 
towards achieving that topographical map of space-time. Now, the topographical map. How many people have ever had a hunch that proved true? That's you using your topographical map of space-time. If you want to strengthen your topographical map, believe its messaging. Act on its messaging. Because to exercise and to strengthen and to develop the intuitive mind is a journey fraught, right? It's an interesting word you don't use very often. Fraught. F-R-O-U-G-H-T. Fraught. With mistakes. And embarrassments. It takes great courage to develop your intuition. Play it safe. Stay under the radar of everyone's logic. Come up with nothing new. Have no grandiose ideas. Don't follow them through. Right? Safe. And that's why yogis throughout history said, playing life safe is the most dangerous way to live. Playing life safe is the most dangerous way to live. Because if you have all of this intuitive capacity, which you wouldn't be sitting in this room if you didn't have it. Because you're in this room to develop it. Whether you know that or not, you're in this room to develop it. And if you get to the end of your life and haven't utilized it to its fullest extent, your end-of-life sensation will be deep despair. That's like going to teacher training graduation and feeling just horrible rotten. Why would you want to go to a graduation ceremony and feel horrible rotten? Death is a graduation. Be an excellent student. Be an extraordinary student. Become an extraordinary master. Believe in what you're intuiting and get it dead wrong and do it again and get it dead wrong and do it again and get it dead wrong and do it again and get it dead wrong. Because eventually, the universe will go, hmm, okay. The idiot's persistent. <laughs> this we can work with. And in that moment, you begin to get real authentic signals on the topographical map. And you suddenly start to get it right. More often than not. And then ultimately, you get it right huge percent. 
Is this how you want to live your life? To be able to know the inclination of the space-time surrounding you? To be able to see someone's inclination and lift them if they're falling and hold them if they're spacing out, ground them if they're spacing out? And if you do that, if you dedicate your life to that, the world will value you. And when the world values you, you don't have to chase anything. Because what have we been talking about all this time? Clue. What have we been talking about? Huh? Time. And what do they say time is? Time is money. Actually, it's not, but... But because they are connected, because time is just space moving, money is trust in its highest frequency. In its lowest frequency, it's obsession. But time that is money, or money that is time, or time that is money, whichever way it goes, comes to you. Because it's a leverage point. It's a leverage point. So before we start the exercises, be here next Saturday for the annual winter solstice. We'll go through the, we'll go through the pavan uh, pranayams. We'll have, we'll do one today. It's in the afternoon next Saturday, and then New Year's Eve. Don't miss it because we rock. <laughs> we rock here, right? So New Year's Eve and next Saturday. And so what I want you to do. Is and for those of you in teacher training, this particular set is in your workbook, so just make a note. And it's the pituitary gland because pituitary acts in the pituitary, you find that topographical map. The pituitary gland is a master gland, but it's also your third eye, and it's on page 47. So we'll do a warm up before we start. So just take hold of your knees and begin. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.